you so much for being here. This is another episode of the HR Magazine podcast, and I am Diana, your host. Today, we're going to be speaking with Dino Fesajik, who is the co-founder and CTO at Code Effect, where he leads a team of engineers and creators building XR immersive experiences. XR, for the ones who are not familiar with the term, stands for extended reality and is an umbrella term to describe virtual reality, augmented reality, and mixed reality. Dino is an active contributor to open source projects like the Reality Toolkit, which particularly is related with the Mixed Reality Toolkit from Microsoft. This sounds all exciting. Let's jump in and know even more about Dino. Hi, Dino. How are you doing today? We're very, very excited to hear directly from you, the CTO at Code Effect. Hi. I'm doing very good. Uh, actually, I just had a very nice meal and uh, I'm now looking forward to talking to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Okay. So, um, Tino, please let us know a little bit more about how Code Effect was born and why. Okay. Yeah, sure. So the journey started back in 2016, I believe. It was around the time when the first HoloLens device was launched. And I was immediately sold on the idea that this is the future of uh, computing, sort of. And I really wanted to get my hands on that device. And you, as you probably know, back then it was very hard to actually <laughs> get your hands on one. Um, so um, at my former employer, I um, I was responsible then for um, Unity development using the Unity engine, which is like still the go-to tool, I believe, uh, in my opinion, for XR development. And that's where I was lucky enough to work with HoloLens. And then with time, uh, things grew and I was working with Oculus, now Meta and other providers like Magic Leap and et cetera. So, um, but at some point I realized, okay, this is not enough for me just doing, uh, the, being in this status. So I wanted to create something on my own as to launch my own company, which is Code Effect now. So I first was working as a freelance, uh, um, engineer in the XPXR space, and then I made it official and, and founded this company called Code Effect, which is focusing on XR solutions in the business-to-business area, so so to speak. And that's where we are at today. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I understand you have, you know, like a solid experience, good experience with the the, the Hololens or basically the MRTK also. Yeah. Um in, in in your own perspective, when designing an app, I know in the community we have this type of questions where how is that that process is undertaken? So what is behind the app? Like how people design the app? What is the workflow? Yeah, that's right. Um it's a very good question. So personally I always look for I mean, it, it might seem obvious, but the first question we need to ask is what problem are we trying to solve? Because um, it's, it's, it's at the foundation of everything. And um, we've seen a lot of uh, XR applications, VR, AR, that are just 
just for the show, sort of. They make cool things. They have fancy effects. But I really want to see what can we achieve and what problems can we solve. And that's how we approach the projects. So we first have some deep dive sessions where we try to understand how how a business is working and what are the processes that we can potentially optimize using this technology. And then we design the, design the application around that. Um, um, of course, paying attention to making on, onboarding as easy as possible because uh, a lot of uh, our applications, in the end, uh, some workers get there and the devices and they need to understand how to use it, right? So um, we need to pay a lot, pay a lot of attention to um, onboarding and making things easy to use. We cannot expect everyone to be like me, for example, who's just so familiar with the tech. I mean, even if some brand new device launches, I will likely be able to get get around with it and understand how it works. But there's a lot of people still, obviously, that never, ever have had a headset on their head. So uh, we need to uh, remember those too and help them uh, on their way into the future of XR or working. And that's our approach, essentially. Yeah, thank you so much. What is your recommendation for for these type of um, applications, which for some of us that are still navigating through through the industry uh, mm-hmm. and in the design um, maybe field um, mm-hmm. what are some of the recommendations that you can give specifically when you want to decide UIs for uh, maybe HoloLens or for mm-hmm. this type of devices what are some particular you know recommendations that you've learned in in the in the process yeah that's right, and that's it's actually a very important um, topic. And um, I see a lot of designers struggling with. Um, create, I mean, everyone's used to using I don't know Adobe XD or Figma to create some two D UIs and Photoshop here and there, and that's great, and it works to a certain degree with XR as well. You just sort of tr- transfer it into three D space. But um, um, in terms of tooling, uh, my recommendation would be for artists, and that's how I um, work with other artists as well, is to try and at least get a foundational understanding of, for example, Unity. Uh, so you don't have to be a programmer, but um, uh, Unity is also targeting artists. And um, essentially, if you get a basic idea of how UI is built using Unity, then you don't have to prototype in Figma, for example. You can prototype right in the engine and the developer can pick it up and connect the pieces to make it a working UI, for example. It's one advice I can give, but I understand it's it's not easy um, to learn a new tool. so, but it's really what, how I approach these kind of things. I know there's a couple of tools around, like, uh, Microsoft Maquette uh, was an attempt to, um, make prototyping UI easier or experiences easier, uh, in VR. But I, I, I have yet to see a tool that is 
sophisticated enough and works well enough that it's a go-to tool for XR UI design. So I believe you really have to get to the meat and uh, learn the tools that um, uh, the programmers will use as well. Um, I mean, one one common thing is that, for example, um, font sizes and in general icon sizes, etc. It's a very common thing that uh, we get a UI design from an, from a UI UX artist. And then we have to translate it into VR and then we make that. And then we get some feedback. Oh yeah, can you increase the font a little? I thought it's going to be bigger, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's really, um, I, I see where you're coming from. It's a very important uh, problem that we still need to solve in, in the XR space. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we are in the stage of beginning to start creating based on the experience, the standards that always arise when there is a new, you know, medium, which yeah. happened, for example, when websites or new standards had, had to be created. So at this point, we are, we are in that, in that stage, but, but it's interesting to see how from your experience, creating this type of applications and particularly um, for HoloLens, how, how, what would be some of those recommendations? Although I think that these platforms also offer some sort of guidelines sometimes, right? They have this uh, type of resources available. If somebody yeah. might be wondering about that, that also. Yeah, that's right. I mean, particularly for HoloLens, uh, um, as you mentioned, there is the MRTK, which has a lot of, um, a big toolbox for, um, to make your application or experience look as much as possible like it was a native application on the HoloLens device. And we are currently seeing a shift here as well because um, in the beginning, everything was uh, far interaction. So you would just use your hand and pinch and use controllers. But uh, we are more and more now shifting towards hand tracking in my opinion which i love i love hand tracking and i think it's uh, i can't wait until every other application uh, supports it as well and i think it's a big um it's a new challenge again because now all of a sudden what used to work flat uh, 2d ui in 3d space was okay for far interaction but now that we want to touch things and press things, it's suddenly completely broken and it just doesn't feel right. And, um, but uh, MRTK has some resources here as well. And uh, my, um, Facebook, I'm sorry, Meta also has this uh, integration package that can help artists and designers um, to um, create 3D interaction UI. Um, but it's all, there is a steep learning co- curve still involved, unfortunately. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, in regards, I, I know you've been a contributor for uh, open source projects like the Reality Kit and for mm-hmm. the prototyping. What are some of the lessons learned or interesting um, stuff that you can share there in that regards? Um, uh, about you as a contributor um, or discoveries that you found, etc. Yeah, so uh, I mean, one one thing I can really share and recommend is um, 
not being only a user, but also starting to contribute, actually. Um, some time ago, I was just using these toolkits. I was using the Holo toolkit. I was using the MRTK, and that was fine. But I only started getting the big picture and really making progress as well in my um, professional capabilities as a developer when I started contributing back because suddenly you don't only solve your problems, you also solve others' problems. Your, your, your application might not need a certain feature, but someone else needs it. And once you start thinking about stuff that others need, it helps you to grow so much in, in your capabilities and, um, with the MRTK, uh, so I was contributing initially to the XRDK, which was a fork of the MRTK. And um, just recently, we made another fork um, to um, focus on XR. So the, the um, I mean, uh, there's different opinions here, but the MRTK, in my opinion, was always a very Microsoft-centric toolkit, which is great, and I still use it. And... Um, and then the XRTK was trying uh, to also target a classic 2D development audience. And that's why we made another fork now that is really, I really want to solve problems that XR devs are facing. And um, that's where I learn a lot. And that's my recommendation. Try to get into contributing open source uh, code to any of these toolkits. There's the VRTK as well. Um, and you will grow a lot in, in, um, in your understanding of the tech and the tooling. Yeah, thank you so much. So how is the landscape of creating apps or experiences right now? Is it possible for someone who doesn't have a background in coding at, the, at this moment to be able to build something like that or not yet? Um, I think to a certain degree there is um, there's someone who so if you have a developer background but not in XR then that's good and you should be able to get uh, first steps done uh, quite fast enough um, and even if you are not a tech person at all the, of course there is a lot of reading to be done but um, it's it's still possible without writing a line of code to create cool experiences there's a couple of tools out there like builder and um and maquette is i think still available um and yeah rec room so there's a lot of applications that you can use to create something um now in terms of when it gets very specific when you want to solve a, a specific problem of some business or or um transfer a process into xr then I believe we are still not quite there yet. So you're going to need some sort of technical background here. Um, but it's getting better and better with time. Um, essentially, as a programmer, you always, we are always working on making ourselves obsolete <laughs> in a way because we create all the tools that at some point will, will do what we were initially doing and also uh, and I'm really looking forward so everyone can create cool experiences yeah that's amazing I'd like to explore a little bit your entrepreneurial side because 
as you mentioned, at some point, maybe you were part of another company, you know, of mm. your services. And maybe at some point you move into being a, a expert developer, offering your services individually. And mm. now you have your own studio. So that's a perfect example to show this transition. Um, yeah. In terms of that role, that entrepreneurial role, how is that jump from being a developer working for a company and then an entrepreneur like did you have any gap there that you felt you had to feel or how was your experience yeah i um i in a way i always felt there is this gap there is something more i want than um just being able to um decide on my own what projects to work on and and also build a team of enthusiasts and really capable uh, people that think that can push the limits of, of what is possible today. So I think that was one motivation. Um, the role of an uh, entrepreneur is, um, is quite challenging for me because I, um, I'm a very, uh, so I love, I love my job as a programmer. So it's very hard for me to, switch the toggle and and um stop programming and focus on I don't know sales acquisition <laughs> making the company grow luckily i have partners uh, on my side that help me out with this and okay. so as a cto i try to really focus on the tech aspect of it i do help uh and i want to help grow the business as well because it's a like sort of a it's a ch I like challenging myself to grow as a person. And um, so I, I want to learn also the business side of things. But uh, it's very challenging for me because whenever I catch a free minute, I want to spend it on creating something instead of, um, yeah, doing paperwork, <laughs> basically, yeah. or yeah. doing some in quote, boring stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that's very challenging for me, but still very exciting. And I, I, I love it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's part, part of the journey. So, yeah, yeah how um, when in that uh, role, entrepreneurial role, um, beside what you just mentioned, what has been the big challenges that you foresee having for a company as it starts to grow? For example, as code effect. Yeah. So um, one of the challenges uh, is actually still um, uh, acquisition or finding new projects to work on. There's a lot of um, uh, companies that want to do something in XR, but then once um, they learn about the effort that's needed to get there, they jump off or it's, it's still a very emerging technology, right? Even though it's being used in the industry a lot already. And then there's this other challenge where sometimes you will end up having too much work and then you will suddenly have not enough work. So it's hard to find the perfect balance of, um, for the team of, um, when to grow. So you don't want to grow the team and then suddenly you don't have enough um, en enough work for everyone. Um, and that's one challenge that uh, we are facing and that so far we've been uh, able to overcome. Um, but the, 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 it's, it's the main challenge I'm seeing is having a steady 
stream of um, work. So we, we get a lot of requests for classic 3D like serious gaming or or even 2D apps for mobile phones, but we decided to not do that anymore. Initially, we were offering these kind of services as well, but then uh, we just want to do what we love, and this is XR, and, um, and we somehow have to manage uh, um, finding the balance between growing and having enough projects. So that's... Um, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I think that now that you mentioned this, for the community who is listening, it's very relatable. Maybe someone is thinking on becoming more independent, beginning their own journey as a, either a freelancer or a company. How do you get the clients? How, how, or what would be your recommendations in order to grow? Because as we were discussing, it's still emerging. And how do you convince a client or, or how do you portray of the importance of these uh, using these type of applications for their business. Yeah, that's a um, good question. So um, I think yes, it is emerging, and it's a, if you want to say niche, but that's also a strength we have, right? It's it's an advantage we have because um, if there's a hundred developers, only maybe two or three or a handful actually have experience with XR at this point in time. So um, I can only recommend um, for for convincing businesses um, or starting a career as a freelancer or growing a business to, to work on your CV, work on some, have some projects ready that you worked on and, um, and show that you have the skills needed and then um, understand what are the main use cases right now? So we, I mean, obviously we have education, we have remote assistance, we have uh, remote training, etc. So there is a, there is a couple of main use cases that we at this time have with XR, right? There's of course also gaming, but um, it's it's very hard to um, so very few businesses are looking for serious games in XR. Um, so and then um, understand. This and this brings me back to your first question. So, um, understand what the problem is that we are solving here, and then you can sell it. You just um just have to get your foot into the door and get a meeting with a company business, and then you have to convince them. Look, there's already a mass of companies that are using this today, and they are. Saving money, saving time, etc., whatever. So there is a, there's already so much potential here. And if you achieve to, to convince someone that they are also able to save money or time or improve processes, then that's also, that's already a great start. So, um, because it's a fact that XR can already today solve problems and help businesses reduce uh, costs or increase efficiency so you just have to get your facts together and and then you should be able to um, convince anyone really um, yeah yeah thank you so much yeah this is uh, one of the common questions uh, for people who is uh, beginning um, to produce this type of work is how to expand on the portfolio of projects that they can 
get. So thank you so much for your feedback on that. Yeah. And so what are you know, upcoming projects that you're looking forward to work on or are you specializing in certain areas and why? Please let us know. Yeah. Um, we are, or I am not specializing in any areas actually. So as Codepec, we, um, we, we, we love the challenge and we, we, we've been working a lot in automotive and uh, a lot in, um, marketing events so it's um but really uh, i would never um say no to any sort of uh, project i have never done before because every industry is different and um and i i don't want to specialize on anything and i uh, we have the capabilities and the tools to create for anything and, uh, and learn along the way um um in XR, as you might know, it's often hard to build a portfolio because I'd say 90% at least of what we do is behind doors and uh, we don't get to ever publish it somewhere or showcase it anywhere because it's just internal tooling to other companies. And, um, but, but it's possible, definitely. Talk to, uh, I, I can recommend talking to your clients early enough in the product or development cycle, whether you are allowed to use it for your own portfolio and uh, so you can um, showcase your work. Um, yeah, so that's my recommendation. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Dino. It's been amazing. Please let us know how people can get a hold of you, your team or the company. Yeah. Um, actually, I think LinkedIn is a very good way. I, I, I'm... I enjoy using LinkedIn a lot. I, I grow there my connections and um, it's a very good uh, way to get in touch with me. And also I'm on GitHub, as we mentioned. Um, you can search me by my name. There's very few people <laughs> that have the same name. Uh, so um, you should find me. And I'm also on Twitter. Uh, so that all of that works. Or you can just send me an email to dino at codeeffect.io. That also works. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dino. Dino, is there anything that you wish I had asked you today? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> you you keep asking very good question. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I, I think um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Um, I think it was a very interesting talking to you and. Uh, um, there's no questions I was missing here. Uh, Thank you so much, Zeno. It's been a big pleasure to be able to share all of these amazing insights that you have about the XR industry, how it is, and your contributions with the MRTK and your work. Thank you so much. And um, I really hope to see you in another interview showcasing maybe one of your bigger projects. Yeah, definitely. I hope so. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much and see you in the next episode. Bye for now.